the hub cities for the NHL resumption are going to both be in Canada. Edmonton and Toronto. Further proof how badly America is handling COVID-19. An entire sports league is leaving the country. And guess what? It's the right decision. Today also happens to be Canada Day, so happy Canada Day. You know who else made a good decision? Bobby Bonilla. It's Bobby Bonilla Day. Every July 1st, Bobby Bonilla gets a check from the New York Mets for $1.19 million, and that keeps going till 2035. Bobby Bonilla will not opt out in 2020. It might be the best deal made in sports history. Bonilla was owed $5.9 million when the Mets bought out his contract in 2000. But instead, Bonilla agreed to take $1.19 million per year for 25 years beginning in 2011. And believe it or not, Bonilla has a second deferred money deal with the Mets in Baltimore that pays him a half mil per year through 2029. Those payments began in 2004. There is one deal in sports that's better, a lot better. But this deferred money for Benia, it's great. You can't drink it away. You can't put it up your nose. I mean, you can. But in one year, then you get more cash. It's like Billy Bob Thornton, the bad Santa gimmick. Anyway, there's one deal in sports that is better, way better, and I will get to that later. This is the Mark Madden Show. This is day 112 of Sports Held Hostage. 412-333-WXDX is the number to call. Or you can at me via Twitter, at MarkMaddenX. I'm glad the NHL is going to play in Canada because that gives it a better chance to start and finish. But I have very little confidence that any sport will play and finish. I hear the NBA commissioner already talking about how the spread of the virus could stop the season. These leagues won't treat COVID-19 like an injury. They say they will, but they won't. They're going to treat it like the Black Plague. If a bunch of players get it, or if prominent players get it, heck, the NBA is already looking for an excuse to not play. And most of the players in most of the leagues are too. Soccer is playing in Europe, uh, just a few minutes away, in fact. West Ham and Chelsea on NBC Sports. They administer thousands of tests. They get a couple of positives every time, one or two. They got it controlled. How come American sports leagues can't? We're not only seeing how badly our nation handled the virus compared to other countries, but we are seeing how poorly our sports leagues are run. And we shouldn't forget that. If you follow the protocol, it won't fail. If the NHL and NBA stay in the bubble, it can't fail. But it's going to fail. You watch. It is just mind-numbing that the NHL is going to be in a bubble when games start, but won't isolate and quarantine during training camp. That is just unbelievable to me. If the NHL restart does fail, it won't be because the NHL teams lack goalies. The roster limits have been announced. The roster is going to be 28 skaters for each team and unlimited goalies. You heard me, unlimited goalies. 
It's like all-you-can-eat wings, but with goalies. Uh, in that vein, it turns out Bill Carr and his wife had COVID in March. Uh, they're okay now, thank heaven. So this show has had three guests survive COVID so far. Namely, Carr, Terry Hanratty, and Art Howe. And we are proud of that track record. Bill Carr says it's going to be tough to play the NFL season, but he talks like players could get it on the field, which can't happen. No one is going to play a game or practice that has COVID, not with all the testing. All the Penguins are in town, every single one. Patrick Hornquist is back. It's going to be weird for him to start the playoffs not feeling like he's already been hit by a truck. Mike Sullivan, the coach, says he doesn't expect any Penguins to opt out. That's seemingly confirmed by all of them in Pittsburgh and practicing informally. 412-333-WXDX is the number to call. we got a great lineup of guests today at 315 he is the latter-day Lou Gehrig. He is the pride of Upper St. Clair. He is former MLB first baseman Sean Casey. Then at 4.30, we'll talk hockey with Brian Metzger, the Penguins Radio Network. Then at 5.30, our weekly visit from Serbian reactionary Dejan Kovacevic. Uh, you had that Sportsnet report out of Canada where an NHL player said, off the record, of course, that 75% of NFL HL players don't want to play, but probably will anyway. Well, if they probably will anyway, sounds to me like they want to play. Are they obligated? Is that why? Well, they should be obligated. They signed a contract. Their sports playing, their league's playing, their team's playing. They should feel obligated. Carey Price is typical of that Sportsnet report, the Montreal goalie. He has been preaching about not playing. But he's back in Montreal and is going to play. Carey Price's wife is pregnant. And he's still going to play. The athletes just want to make money, even if it's not what they usually make. Kyrie Irving had that movement going for NBA players to opt out to support Black Lives Matter. Boy, that certainly died on the vine. And that's also good for Black Lives Matter because those players kept their platform. But money is still the primary motivating factor for 99% of pro athletes, and that even goes during a pandemic. Yo, I don't care who opts out. Nobody should. I just don't need to get a friggin' mission statement from everybody who does opt out, like that baseball player, Ian Desmond. I poked holes in his nonsense yesterday and followed that up with a column you could read right now at triblive.com. Uh, as part of getting to the resumption, the NHL is nearing a new CBA. And it looks like it includes NHL players in the Olympics in 2022 and 2026, which assumes we have Olympics in 2022 and 2026. That is far from a lock. Uh, Randy Moss, the former wide receiver, he said that the Patriots offense will be more exciting with Cam Newton than it was with Tom Brady. Well, of course that's going to be true. How could it not be? All Brady did was take a quick drop and flick a throw. Snap after snap after snap after snap. Cam's going to be on the move. Cam's going to be more emotional. The offense in New England couldn't help but be more fun with Cam Newton replacing Tom Brady. But 
will it be better? You know what could be great? Like Tim Benz pointed out in the trib, Cam and the Pats could hook it out with Ben and the Steelers for one of them wild card spots. That would be good cinema. Okay, so get involved now. 412-333-WXDX. Got Sean Casey up next. That's always hilarious. Always hilarious. He's just so funny and such a good baseball mind. Uh, the minor league baseball season has been canceled. That makes sense in the short term, but MLB needs minor leagues for development. Yo, not only do I think that none of the sports leagues are going to start and finish this season, I think next season's in jeopardy too. But you'll have to hear about that from somebody else besides me because at that point, how can they not lay me off till they're sports again? I give them credit for sticking with it this long. Uh, also, MLB can't identify those who test positive for COVID. I guess that makes sense. You know, privacy, HIPAA, all that stuff. But it shouldn't be hard to figure out. But if sports ain't going to identify who tests positive for COVID, they need to be accurate about other injuries. Like with Indiana in the NBA, Victor Oladipo. I hope that's how you pronounce his name. If not, I don't care. Oladipo had a major knee injury before the pause. And now if you read the headlines online, it's being made to look like he's deciding, implying that he might not play because of COVID. That's certainly what it looks like in the headlines. But if you read the stories, it's all about his knee. The uh, Brooklyn Nets might be missing four players between injuries and COVID. Oh, well, next man up. That's how sports work. 412-333-9939, double M on the X. Uh, I got a good contract here at the X, but not like Benia. That's what I need. I need a Benia contract. I need that Benia money. How come Sean Casey don't have that Benia money? Going to find out from him in just a few minutes. I'm also deciding when to go to Conneaut Lake. I'm definitely going to go. The cases of COVID are not existing up there. The park's not going to open. But uh, they still got all the places I like. The hotel's open. The two bars and restaurant at the hotel are open. Silver Shores restaurant's open. Eddie's Hot Dogs, Hank's Custard. I still got a few friends up there, so... Uh, might meet Mike Rupp up there. Rupper has a pontoon boat. I just heard from him the other day, so got to decide when to go, though. Got to go. Got to do something. Stuck in Pittsburgh right now far too long. Any hoodles, 412-333-WXDX. Just around the corner, we got Sean Casey here on 105.9. right now made a lot of money playing baseball but his deal ain't crap compared to Bobby Benia's he is the pride of Upper St. Clair the Latter-day Lou Gehrig lifetime 300 hitter he is Sean Casey Case how come you never got a Benia contract 1.19 mil every year on July 1st what's up oh my god that's such a great intro it's so true I think every player that played Major League Baseball missed out on the Bobby Bonilla contract. It's unbelievable that he has that much deferred money and, and just continues to get paid. You know, it's, it's awesome. Good for him. Well, Case, uh, you weren't a drug guy, but that deferred money, 
that'll keep you off the stuff because if it's all sitting there in a pile of money, you're just going to snort it up, drink it up, do something. With this, you can only go so far, and then the money comes a year later. It's awesome. <laughs> you're exactly right. I tell you what, he's got the best thing going. Bobby Bo, I don't know, his agent, they figured this out, and they, they took it to the Mets, no doubt about it. But, hey, at least my, my connection to Bobby Bo is that I wore 25 and so did Bobby Bo. So I hope the Pirates – could send me some cash because maybe I should have done a deal with them on the side too. <laughs> now you had an agent, but how involved were you with your contracts? Uh, how much did you and your agent sit down and hash things out, or did he pretty much do it himself and then come to you? Well, I know I, my my agent was yeah. He they, Ron Shapiro, Michael Moss, and my agents who who are great, you know, very well respected and great friends of mine, and they did a great job. And I remember one time I got offered five years. I think it was like thirty. 33 million or something double m and they they came back to me like listen we think you can get a couple more and i said if you don't sign that contract right now i'm firing you guys <laughs> i'm like I don't, I don't want another penny i was like i don't care how much you think i need to get more i was like i need to, i need to sign that asap you know <laughs> yeah good move because because you never they, they, what if they say well hey screw that guy and the next thing you know you're you're, you're backing up or saying clear to car wash <laughs> exactly. I was thinking I might be at Magic Mike soon if I don't freaking sign that deal. And, uh, and uh, you know, I'm never going to make that kind of cash. I just remember cutting grass and and uh, you know around here in St. Clair and freaking shoveling snow. I worked at the athlete's foot one year. I'm like, I can't do that. I'll take the 33 mil and run for the front of the hills. Now, were you amazed at how little money you got to keep? Cause I am even now. I'm supposed to be making good money, but I'm like, you know, where did it all go? What happened? <laughs> it's so true, man. I, I look. I look back. First off, you know, if you make twenty million, you got to make ten million. You got to make twenty. You know, I feel like Uncle Sam takes half of it. You know, I double at University of Richmond, right? They I signed for two hundred twenty-three grand, and I remember. I remember. Uh, I bought my. I was like, oh, I'm set for life. Like I'm. I'm. It's money. I'm set for life. So I bought a Honda Accord. Uh, EX two door, real nice. I was like, I'm loaded. And then my, I bought my sister a Honda Accord too. And then uh, my mom was like, Hey, I just want to tell you, you know, we got all these student loans from Pitch, Richmond to pay off. I'm like, Yeah, good for you. She's like, We can't afford that. She's like, We need sixty grand. I'm like, What? Sixty grand? Next thing I know, I had like, I had grand. Dad say, Hey, hope you make the big leagues, son. I'm like, Jesus, where'd that two hundred twenty three grand go? <laughs> Now, now let's get to what's going on with baseball, Case, because the season is going to be 60 games. What are the pros and cons? Because I'll be honest, I think you could hit 400 in a 60-game season, and you could DH now, too. Oh, no, I, I tell you what, it, 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 for two months, this is the great thing about baseball, you know, is that for two months, anybody can get hot. And, like, you could have, you, you probably will have a couple guys that hit close to 400, you know, and, and, and that will go off and you'll have a, you know, a stretch where guys will hit some homers. But I mean, I mean, any teams in it. I remember in 2004 when I was with the Reds, we were, we were not a good team, but we were in first place at the All-Star break. And I was literally any team that gets hot from the beginning and can, can sustain it, can win this whole thing. So I, I think that's a pro for like, any fan that's a fan of baseball that's in these some of the markets that probably don't have a chance, you know, maybe this year like Pittsburgh, and I think it could be an exciting thing, you know, because it's a, it's a sprint now not, and not a marathon. 
Well, here's my goal case. I want somebody to be hitting 400 like in the last week of the season so I could make like the baseball purist head explode by saying, Adam Frazier, just one game away from being the first man since Ted Williams to hit 400 in the season. Tell me that wouldn't make like Peter Gammons' head just, just explode like that guy in Scanners. Oh, oh. <laughs> dude, I can see you just chomping at the bit here like, oh, please let someone hit 400 because – they will not hear the end of it for years to come that, you know, uh, Kevin Newman threw a 400 on him in, uh, in the 2020 season. But, yeah, I know it's true. Like, I, I think there's a, there's a shot of some guys hitting 400. I know you will run with it because there'll be a little asterisk in Cooperstown, uh, but you can still say, hey, first it's Ted Williams, you know. That's right. It's, it's one season. It just happened to be a shorter season. Now, I mentioned the DH before. You, you played a little bit in the American League. You started with Cleveland. You ended up with Boston, played that a couple years with Detroit. Did you DH much, and did you like it? How did it affect your routine when you were designated hitter? Oh, I tell you what, man. I I remember Jim Tomey telling me it was the greatest job in the world. He's like, you know, you go up, you you, you hit a rocket somewhere, then you go upstairs, maybe, you know, get yourself a slice of pizza or something. So, you know, watch the game in the the clubhouse for two innings and maybe ride the bike and get back out there and, and hit another bullet. But, no, I tell you what, it, it, it's definitely a different mentality being the DH because, you know, one thing about playing in the field, you're always in the game. You're always kind of hot. You're, 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 you're always feeling like, uh, you know, you've got your legs under you and everything. But when you're DHing, man, I tell you what, it's, it, it can be a mental grind. You punch out your first at bat. You've you got to wait another 30 minutes to get up. You've got to find a good routine. David Ortiz had the best routine I've ever seen. I mean, he used to. Hit, then he'd go in, uh, you know, sit, sit for a second, ride the, ride the stationary bike, go out there, hit another rocket. So it's, there's definitely a science of DH, and there's no doubt about it. We're going to stay with Jim Tomei for a second, because, Case, in your era, I'm convinced everybody used steroids except for you and Jim Tomei. The guy was Andre the Giant. He, he just was big, bigger, biggest, and you could tell it was all natural. Well, here, you know what? That's, that's just a great story, Double M, because, you know, you know the guys that juiced a little bit. If you ever thought Jim Tomey juiced, I, I two years ago I went went to his ranch up in uh, up in Illinois and I went fishing and his brother Chuck man you know runs that ranch so big Chuck comes out I think he drinks like forty cores lights a day I don't know but anyway he came out of the truck and he's like he's like hey what's up big case and I I tell you what you want to talk about the modern day Paul Bunyan Chuck Tomey Chuck Tomey made Jim Tomey look like Dustin Bedroya seriously I'm like <laughs> oh my god. And that's when I said to myself, if anyone ever thought that Jim Tomey took steroids, they need to come out to Illinois to Jim Tomey's ranch and meet his brother, Chuck, who makes Jim look like Dustin Petroyan. It's unbelievable. (laughs) We're talking to Sean Casey here on the X. Case, you mentioned before that 60 games gives any team a chance to get lucky. But do you think that mostly the best teams are going to still be the best teams? Uh, I think some teams that you don't expect might give a run for it. But I think the Yankees and Dodgers are still the teams to beat, even over 60 games. Yeah, you know what? I don't know about that. Because, you know, you, you go back to last year, the Yankees got out the gates. You know, all you need is two bad weeks, and your season's over. Like, that's how I kind of think about it. And when I, when I, when I you know, last year, the Yankees kind of got sputtered a little bit or, you know, came out the gates a little slow. The Dodgers have done that before. And then they get hot because the great teams with the great pitching staffs over 162, those play out. You know, the consistency is there. But over a two-month period, like I said, it's anyone's ball game. And if the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Astros, these teams come out sputtering right out the gates, they're going to be out. You know, two bad weeks, 
two really bad weeks in this first in this first two months, and you're out. So I, I don't know about that. I don't know if the best teams are going to you know necessarily come out of this thing unscathed. Well, there's two things that 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 I think will be issues. One one's kind of pending. They're still talking about the expanded playoff. I think with the 60 game season, baseball would be well served by an expanded playoff. And I think it depends on the manager more than ever. Because I think if the manager goes out there and manages the same way, like it is 162 games, he'll be at a, a clear disadvantage to the manager who goes out there and you know uses his team like it is a sprint. Oh, that's a double M. That's a great point because the one time the managers show up where you're like, man, that's a good manager, and the game slows down for him. You know, I think of a guy like Jim Leland is postseason time. You know, it's when you got to make those decisions. You know, uh, you know, mix it and match your bullpen, who you're setting up to start. Nowadays, they have the the, the opener. You know what I mean? Are you going to start a reliever to start the game because you might need this win? You know, looking forward, what's your rotation look like? So, I think the managers matter more than ever in this 60 games. And I think, I think you're right. And I, you know, what's the thinking that I think if you're not a great manager, this is the one time you might get exposed when it's only 60 games, because you have to manage like it's a sprint. Like it's almost like every night's the postseason. If I'm Derek Shelton, I go in the clubhouse before game one and I flip over the food table. I'm saying, if we don't win today, there's going to be hell to pay. They got to win that first game case. It's the biggest opening day in pirate history. You know what, man? I could see Sheltie maybe sending a message right away. You know, just dump, dumping the uh, dumping the spread and just say, "Let's go, fellas!" Like we can win this thing because they really can. Sheltie's speech to start start the season about winning this thing is real. Like any team can win this sixty games sprint, no doubt about it. Now, a few players have opted out. Uh, I guess the biggest names are Zimmerman and Ross, and maybe Desmond in Colorado. Do you think any big names are going to opt out because? I know the guys aren't happy with the money, but 37% of a lot of money is still a lot of money. 37% is a lot of cash, if you have, and especially if you're making a lot of money, like some of these guys are. I think, I think, you know, when you look at the protocol for what's going on and the testing and what they're expecting of guys really to almost quarantine after the games and not really socialize, I don't know how they're going to mandate that, but, I, they, they, you know, that, that hopefully the players will abide by that. You know, I think there definitely are some good safety measures involved. So I think that that does make a lot of players think about, you know, that are making good money still still going out there and, and playing, knowing that there's, uh, you know, safety precautions uh, in place. If you had a teammate that opted out, would you be mad or would you understand? I think this will be the one time I understand. I don't know. I think guys have to do what they have to do, uh, you know, for them and their families. And, you know, the, some of those guys that have made – you know, you talk about Zimmerman and, and Desmond, they've already kind of made their money. You know, they're at the end of their careers, you know, and maybe they look at their families and go, you know, it's not worth it. So this would be the one time I would I would look and say, hey, listen, you got to do what you got to do for your family. It's just different circumstances, weird, weird circumstances. Uh, Ian Desmond uh, kind of put up a manifesto on social media about not playing. And I agreed with a lot of what he said, but there were some things I didn't. For example, he said that it's a problem that MLB is under 8% black players. Do you, do you see that as a big deal case? I've always thought baseball was a meritocracy, and I look at football with 70% black players, and no one thinks that's a problem. Yeah, you know, I, 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 you know, I look back at the Pirates as, you know, 79 and, and just some of the teams that they have in the early 70s, you know, you know, a lot of Latino, a lot of black players, um, you know, made up that team. Uh, and, 
And so I don't know if when I see 8%, I'd like to see it higher, man. There's so many good athletes, uh, guys that just, you know, end up, that end up choosing, uh, you know, maybe football or basketball. And, uh, man, there's just so many good players, uh, that I think would do so well in Major League Baseball. So I think Major League Baseball, you know, they're, they're with the RBI program, a lot of into the inner cities, you know, I think, you know, I'd like to see the number go up. I really would. I think it was, it was a lot higher in different generations. And, and uh, I, I'd like to see that ticket go up. No, I agree with all that. I just think it's a matter of, uh, of getting uh, black kids to play, not a matter of black players being kept out at the MLB level. Now, we also said it was too expensive to play baseball these days. Case, uh, I'm an old guy, so I, I could be out of date when I say this, but when I was a kid, all you needed was a glove and shoes. Is it more expensive to play now? I, I kind of agree with you. Like, I mean, it, it, at the end of the day, if you go to the, the Dominican, where obviously there's some great hitters come out of the Dominican, and uh, you know, they're keeping up stocks. You know, I mean? like baseball is a sport that you know you don't have to go buy the three hundred, four hundred dollar bat. Like, you can really you know figure out a way to get you know all you need to. You know, it's something to hit with and something that's rope and you can play baseball. Even if, you're, even if you're playing wiffle ball to start, and you know, I don't think it's that that expensive. I think it's expensive if you buy the three four hundred dollar bats. You you had to play a lot of wiffle ball as a kid. It's the greatest, isn't it? Oh, are you kidding me? I freaking love Tony Tenner. We we go to my my buddy up the street. We go to his backyard. He had the best backyard ever in Upper St. Clair. We play. We play uh, wiffle ball games every day after school. It was just one of the greatest times ever. There was a vacant lot by my house too. We get the wealthy boys, Tony Raspani, just everybody. It was I loved it. You you had to love it too, right? Who didn't love wiffle ball? Oh, now, now here's here's some key questions though. What kind of bat did you use, and what kind of ball did you use? <laughs> That's a great question. Well, we used we used the official wiffle ball. I think I think when you started going to the walls with all the holes in it, we didn't do. It. We used the official wiffle ball. You know where you could throw those couple nasty pitches. You put your balls. I mean, you put your fingers right on the uh, on the holes, and you could make that ball just whistle right and left. We'd have the we'd have the um, the lawn chair as the strike zone, and I think towards the end, you, we 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 would have it that you could tape up the barrel a little bit, make the bat a little bit heavier. Did you guys do that? The barrel tape. Uh, yeah, you could tape the bat. We used the official yellow wiffle ball bat. But we used the yes. solid wiffle ball because the curve was too hard to hit. Like it, it was just. I mean, you could start a yeah. curve behind the guy's head, and it would dip into the strike zone. You, you know, so so we would use yeah. the solid the solid ball. Plus, which case, did you play branding? Could you hit the base runner with the ball? Oh yes, yeah, <laughs> those are the best. yes. And I used to love like the guy would take off for second, and you'd you'd have the ball like right in front of you. Like, what's this idiot doing? And you just pelt him right in the back. If it was like or right in the leg where he had no no pants on. They used to love that. <laughs> You see, that was the great thing about the solid ball. Because, like, say you're pitching, and the guy, like, kind of duffs a one-hopper back to you, you don't go step on first base. You go to point-blank range and drill him. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, point-blank range and just rocket one. And then if you hit him in the face, there was a fight. You know, he want to kill you. you know, next you know, is mayhem. But, you know, I, I don't know if we're allowed to do that anymore. Are we still allowed to pet, pelt each other with whiffle balls from point-blank range? Because that was a lot of fun back then. We are absolutely not. One last thing, Case. Uh, I'm sure you know this, but how about uh, our guy Dimitri Young's doing the wrestling podcast now? Your ex-teammate from the oh, Reds. Yeah. I was on there. I was on the other night. I went on. It was him and Jason Kendall, and uh, Tommy Dreamer came on, bro. Tommy Dreamer jumped <laughs> on with us, 
It was unbelievable. I think the guy's name that hosted, Dennis Farrell, I think his name is. I don't him, know yeah. if, you, if you know him. Yeah, you know Dennis, yeah. And uh, Tommy Dreamer ended up bopping on. As a matter of fact, I believe, um, uh, what's TNT? Impact, Impact Wrestling is having a pay-per-view coming up. And Tommy Dreamer said, whoever sent him a, a signed jersey quicker, me, Dimitri, or Kendall, he'd wear it at the pay-per-view. So I, I FedExed mine out the next day. Over, I paid 70 bucks to get it to Dreamer faster than anyone could. So I want to see if he's going to wear my jersey on that, uh, on that pay-per-view. Well, well you, know, you, know what, you know what's funny was uh, that Farrell guy called me about coming on. And I go, yeah. yeah, I go, I go, Tree used to come to WCW shows. He's the greatest. I go, you better ask Kendall first, though, because I'm not certain he's crazy about me. <laughs> Tell Kendall to take a break. Tell Kendall he's off. Dude, Dimitri would have a great podcast talking <laughs> wrestling, man. I, whenever you're talking wrestling, Double M, I, I, I perk up. You're talking penguins. You know, I know you know a lot, and you're like a master. I don't really... I like the Penguins, but you start talking wrestling, man. I'm ready. I love it. Well, the next time you're on, we'll do that. How's that sound? That sounds good, man. That sounds great, brother. <laughs> Case, thanks for taking the time. Great stuff as always. You got it, Double M. Great talking to you, my man. I'll see you. That is Sean Casey, ex-big leaguer. You know, the baseball talk was good. The wiffle ball talk was better. Let's be honest. 412-333-9939. It's the Mark Madden Show. Uh, we got... Brian Metzger talking Penguins next hour. If you're just tuning in, the big development in hockey is the hub cities have been decided upon. They're going to be Toronto and Edmonton, both in Canada, because they've handled the pandemic better. Uh, I must add, I still think it's nuts that they're putting the league in a bubble, but they're not going to quarantine a training camp. I think that's just nuts. 105.9 X. Double M on the X, always a pleasure to have Sean Casey on. Uh, I very rarely laugh out loud. Anybody who knows me knows that, but I laugh out loud all the time when I'm talking to Sean Casey. Um, I really do think the only guys in that era that didn't use steroids were Jim Tomei and Sean Casey. Tomei because he looked like Andre the Giant, just this massive bulk, and Casey because, well, I mean, look at him, even now. 412-333-9939, the number to call. Uh, I'm very happy the NHL is going to play exclusively in Canada. It has a much better chance to start and complete in Canada. Their COVID numbers are down. Canada is handling the pandemic much better than the U.S. If the NHL can get through the camps and get to Canada, I now give it the best chance to start and finish of all the uh, big-time sports leagues. But... Not doing a quarantine during training camp is not so. To let the guys come and go from the rink and go home and go here and go there and go everywhere, it's absolutely insane. Uh, you know, there's one thing you need to understand about athletes opting out during the pandemic. It doesn't matter that much. I wrote a column about it uh, at triplive.com that's posted. It doesn't matter that much. If every baseball player opted out, the owners would round up a bunch of minor leaguers and college players and semi-pros. Maybe even that kid from West Allegheny, the big time the show. Go grab some Washington Wild things while you're at it. It might take a while, but 32 teams would be assembled and MLB would have a season. Somebody would win the World Series. Somebody would win the MVPs and the batting titles, etc., and after a while, and it wouldn't take too long, after a while, fans would forget the old guys. Athletes are disposable. As I'm very fond of saying, 
Babe Ruth retired. He's the biggest gate attraction ever, not only in baseball, but in sports. And baseball kept playing, kept growing. Uh, we talked at the top of the show and talked with Sean Casey about Bobby Bonilla, that deal he got for the New York Mets when he was bought out in 2000. Let me uh, recap the parameters of that deal because it is legendary. Bobby Bonilla got bought out by the Mets in 2000. And he was owed 5.9 mil. But instead, Benia agreed to take 1.19 mil per year for 25 years, beginning in 2011. That runs through 2035. He just got his 1.19 today, as he does every July 1st. Uh, that's a lot more money paid out by the Mets, but they didn't have to pay 5.9 mil at once. I think they had some kind of annuity. Uh, don't know if that worked out. They were involved in that... Uh, that uh, Ponzi scheme, the famous one. God, I forget the guy's name, but somebody ran a Ponzi scheme that that screwed the Mets owners. But uh, Benia is getting 1.19 mil per year. Will do until 2035. Gets that for 25 years. Now, there's one deal in sports that's better. There's one deal in sports history that beats the deal that Bobby Bonilla made, and it beats it big time. When the NBA, oh, it was Bernie Madoff. Bernie Madoff ran the $64 billion Ponzi scheme, and the Mets owners lost a lot of money in that. Anyway, when the National Basketball Association absorbed four teams from the American Basketball Association in 1976, as portrayed in the Will Ferrell movie Semi-Pro, will vote. And then we'll fight. Uh, when that happened in 76, the ABA teams that didn't get in each cut deals to be bought out. The St. Louis owners, the Spirits of St. Louis, their owners took $2.2 million cash up front and got one-seventh of the TV rights for each of the four ABA teams that entered the NBA. That's four-seventh share and they got it in perpetuity. In perpetuity. Now, the NBA TV rights then were bupkis, but not for long, because before you know it, here comes Bird, here comes Magic, here comes Jordan. And by 2014, the owners of the Spirits of St. Louis, Ozzy and Daniel Silnis, two brothers, by 2014, they had been paid $300 million in TV rights. And at that point, a new TV deal was looming. So the NBA bought out the Silnes family for an additional $500 million. That deal uh, those two brothers made in 1976 netted them $802.2 million. That's a bit better than Bobby Bow. So, Ozzie and Daniel Silnis, we salute you. The ABA had magnificent red, white, and blue balls, but you had the biggest balls of them all, and you ended up with $802.2 million. The guy who owned the Kentucky Colonels, he settled for just $3 million, and that was it. Now, he was he's the owner of Kentucky Fried Chicken, John Brown, and he also uh, became governor of Kentucky. And man, it, uh, I believe he married Phyllis George. Remember her? 
the Miss America that became the uh, the football pregame show host on network. So, but these Silnis brothers, God, you gotta love them. You gotta love them. Gotta love Bobby Bo too. I'm certainly not diminishing Bobby Bo getting 1.19 million every July 1st for 25 years. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Uh, here's some news that I almost hesitate to share because it's so ridiculous. And a man in my position cannot afford to be made to look ridiculous. Beavis and Butthead are coming back for two more seasons. So the decline of humanity continues. We got the pandemic. We got all the strife. It's a terrible year. And now Beavis and Butthead are coming back. You might think it'll help. I do not believe it will. My questions for the Beavis and Butthead reboot are, will they age? And what bands are going to be on their T-shirts? You'll remember, Beavis and Butthead had T-shirts that were Metallica and ACDC. Stewart, the uncool kid. Wow, West Ham scored. They lead Chelsea. I missed that. I looked down to do the Beavis and Butthead monologue, and then the Hammer score. Not that I care. We're already the champions. You may recall Stewart, the uncool kid, had the winger T-shirt. Our buddy Reb Beach. Beavis and Butthead literally ruined Winger's career. So what's going to happen now? What T-shirts are they going to wear? Suck is gots to know. Oh, they're reviewing the goal. Well, the kind of season it's been for West Ham, there's just no way it counts, and I haven't even seen the goal. Looks like a goal to me. What's the holdup? Any hoodles, who cares? We're already champions. 105.9 The X. I don't know if our buddy Jesse Marshall from The Athletic is listening. He does Penguins uh, fancy stats for them. He's a West Ham fan. West Ham had the goal chalked off for offsides, then uh, immediately committed a penalty down the other end. Pulisic tripped in the box. William steps up and a goal. That is so West Ham. Uh, Here's a tweet, and I'll give a very blunt answer. Double M, do you think Canada got both hub cities because the U.S. would have effed it up? Yes. Yes, T. That is exactly what I think. Coast to Coast brought to you by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at cwelectricalservices.com. Here's the result of yesterday's poll. I didn't have one today. Didn't feel motivated. The question was, if all 32 NFL coaching jobs were open and all 32 NFL coaches were available, would Mike Tomlin be among the first 10 hired? 74% of you said yes. Boy, 74%. Uh, I'm not so sure. He'd get hired for certain. First 15 for sure. But I'm not so sure he's definitely among the top 10. I don't know, maybe if you stir in the Rooney Rule stuff. I still don't think so. Tomlin needs to have a good year. I posted a blog about that at the X website. Tomlin needs to have a good year, not for his job security, 
because he's just not ever going to get fired here in Pittsburgh. But for his rep, the Steelers should never miss the playoffs three years in a row. And I think there's a 50-50 chance that happens if 2020 goes off. The weird part is that Tomlin's contact runs through 2021. And the Steelers will extend him after this season no matter what, but if it's a bad year, that's bad optics. Some of Tomlin's defenders get so into defending him that they ignore 8-8 last year. They ignore missing the playoffs for two years. And yeah, he's got excuses. Bell took the season off in 2018. Ben got hurt last year. But I remember when the Steelers didn't use excuses or need excuses. Steelers started out 7-2-1 in 2018. They were 8-5 going into last year's home stretch. A great coach gets the team over the line for a playoff spot in one or both of those years. For me, there's no question. Uh, I got to laugh at people being upset because Randy Moss said the New England offense would be more exciting with Cam at quarterback. How can anyone say it won't be? How's that even a debate? That Brady offense was deadly effective, but it was deadly dull. Mostly short, mostly timing, but if the Patriots don't get some speed outside, it won't be that much more exciting. They'll do different stuff. I don't know if they'll be any good at it. The Patriots should want to protect Cam because he'd been beat up, that shoulder and that foot. But to maximize having Cam, they're going to have to use him to run the ball some. Otherwise, there's no point in having Cam Newton. Look, I'm rooting for Cam. I just like his hats and that Coolio hair. But mostly the hats. Dude's got some badass lids. Uh, I just heard from one of the show's favorites. We're going to get her on the show uh, real soon, I hope. She's absolutely awesome in our defensive foursome. On overlap, she'll score some. It's Megan Klingenberg. Uh, I think they're playing today. She plays for Portland in the NWSL. They lost their first game to the defending champ. And uh, that tournament, I watched that game. That was a hell of a game. Then again, those were the two best teams in that league. All righty, just around the corner, we have some serious Penguins talk because we got Metzer at the bottom of the hour. And in 30 seconds, I'm going to talk about a column Josh Joey wrote for TheAthletic.com about the future of Penguins goaltender Matt Murray. That is 30 seconds away here on 105.90X.